Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow, and I have created the wrestling brand, Collar and Elbow Brand. It's wrestling apparel made by a wrestler for the wrestling fan in all of us. The love, the passion you have for wrestling is in this apparel. CollarandElbowBrand.com. Buy it today and also round up your purchase and help support the former wrestlers who made it possible for you to love wrestling today. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com and help support Cauliflower Alley Club and their charitable efforts. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And you know something? We're going to title this week's episode as the world's most dangerous episode. You know why? Do you know why? Because the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, he's going to be my guest this week. I am so pumped to talk to the legend, Ken Shamrock. I mean, this is just going to be a a very, very fun episode, folks. Before we get to any of that stuff, though, I do want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to the man, the myth, the legend. We're talking about The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. This this guy, let me tell you something. You know that song by uh, Lil Duvall? Living my best life. Yeah. That's what The Rock is doing, Jack. He is living his best life. First and foremost, the man just married his lovely fiance. Uh, so congratulations to them. You know, they have that beautiful baby girl that they just had. I believe it was like last year. Uh, so that's good stuff there. But on top of that, on top of that, that new Hobbs and Shaw movie was the number one movie in the world, you know, big time box office numbers. So once again, The Rock maintains his number one streak. But on top of that, <laughs> this guy, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, named number one once again on the Forbes top paid actors in the Hollywood list. Okay. Think about this for a second. The Rock made. From June 1st, 2018 to June 1st, 2019, $89.4 million. Are you kidding me? $89.4 million. Imagine what you could do with $89.4 million. That's, that's like hitting the Mega Millions and the Powerball. It's, it's just insane to think. And this guy made that much money in one year. Okay, so congratulations to The Rock. I know his show on HBO, Ballers, that's going to be starting its new season coming up in the next couple of weeks here. This guy is just incredible, incredible. And he's been doing a great job continuing to progress with his acting. It's getting better and better, more and more believable, especially on Ballers. I I really enjoy that show. So shout out to The Rock. That's that's really good stuff there. 
Also, oof, I got to tell you, folks, I watched uh, UFC 241. In fact, we're going to get our, our good friend Reed, Sean Reed, uh, you know, the, the combat sports analyst to come on and, and break that down. Because I got to tell you right now, Daniel Cormier, oh my God, he lost the, the heavyweight championship to Stipe Miocic, which is the guy who was the former heavyweight champion that, that Cormier knocked out in order to obtain that championship. I mean, this match was just ridiculous. The first few rounds, Daniel Cormier was doing a great job. Uh, he was definitely winning, beating up on Stipe, busted his face up real good. A couple of times, it looked like he was going to knock him out. You know, Cormier is a wrestler. He's not really a stand-up fighter, but he's been working on his on his boxing game, and it shows. His boxing game is definitely really good. But Stipe is a stand-up fighter. That's his game, Jack. Stipe is known for knocking people out. So, sure as hell, as soon as Stipe realized that every time Cormier lifted his arms to protect his face and to give Stipe this one-two jab that he kept doing that was effective, he left his body wide open. And of course, Stipe is taller, had the reach advantage as well. As soon as Stipe started attacking Cormier in the body, fourth round, suddenly Cormier was started to crumble, man. And that left his face wide open because he dropped his hands and Stipe just lit him up and, and the ref had to step in. It was a TKO, uh, technical knockout, referee stoppage. But I, I'll tell you, man, boy, what a disappointment because everybody knows I love Daniel Cormier. Great fighter, great fighter, legend. His corner told him, stop with the boxing, get back to the wrestling. You can end this match if you just bring the guy down to the ground and finish him. Cormier didn't listen to his corner. He wanted to beat Stipe at his own game like he did the first time. And, you know, it, it was just pride, man. Pride got in the way. And it happens. It happens. When, you, when you're when you at the top and you feel like you're the man, it, you very easily can get cocky and put yourself in harm's way. And that's exactly what Cormier did. I mean, Cormier, was, he was getting taking some pretty serious shots his own self. And it didn't have to be that way. He could have brought Stipe to the ground and just finished him anytime he wanted. So there will be a, 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 a third, what we call a rubber match, I expect that to happen in the not-too-distant future, and thank goodness, because I tell you, Cormier's got to get some get-back on that, man. And and he's got to get get it back together, get back to being the Daniel Cormier that we all know and love, which is the guy who's disciplined, okay? You're not a boxer, Cormier. Stop with the boxing, especially when you're up against somebody whose stand-up game is on the level of a Stipe Miocic. It just it didn't make any sense to me. But, you know, I, I still ride hard for Daniel Cormier. It's my guy. I appreciate him. I like what he stands for. So, hey, hang in there, Cormier. Next up, listen, big news here. NXT, WWE's uh, NXT, they're going to be moving not to FS1. It's been made official. They're going to be moving to the USA Network. And this isn't something that's going to happen you know, months from now. No, 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 baby. NXT is going to debut on the USA Network September 18th. So that's a, that's a Wednesday. They're going to stay with their Wednesday day of the week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And here's the kicker. 
the replay. So whatever they do on, on that Wednesday, on Thursday at 8 p.m., Wednesday's show will air on the WWE Network. So for people who focus on the WWE Network and they want to watch their NXT there, you will still have an opportunity to do so. But for everybody else, it's coming to the USA Network. And here's the best part. It's going to be two hours long and it's going to be live. We're going to do it live, baby. And we and we got confirmation that the NXT commentary team is going to stay intact. So our main man, Morrow, he's going to be leading the charge He's going to have Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix there with him, which is just fantastic news. I'm very happy to hear that. So the same sound that we have grown to love from NXT is going to remain. Thank goodness. Okay, so I can't wait for that. September 18th. And listen, this isn't playtime here. Obviously, the WWE has set up NXT to directly rival AEW, which is going to be on on. TNT and that's debuting in October don't think for one second this isn't on purpose here they want to give AEW a taste of their own medicine AEW you know all these folks came out Cody the Young Bucks Jericho talking all that trash Moxley talking about how they're going to knock the pillars off of their foundation and how they're going to make a change and how all this other crap And it's like, well, what did you expect to happen? You say you want to challenge us, fine. WWE is like, fine. We'll just take one of our properties and put it directly in competition with you. Let's see. Let the the better promotion win. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way on God's green earth that AEW is going to be able to compete with NXT. It just ain't going to happen. The amount of talent that the WWE has on their roster alone they could take anybody from raw or smackdown and put them on nxt at any time just to to pop more interest for that evening can't play games with us jack i'm telling you if the AEW folks would have humbled themselves and taken their time then maybe this wouldn't have happened but you want to sit there and you want to kick the big dog in the yard and then they turn around and they bite you that's what happens so it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how this is going to end up. Speaking of AEW, by the way, they're going to be in Boston uh, on October 9th, which is going to be pretty cool at the Aganis Arena, Boston, Massachusetts. So that'll be fun to, to catch these guys live and see what they're all about. You know, by that time, they will. It, it's going to be the live taping for their TV show that's on TNT. I don't believe the show has a name yet, so we'll just say All Elite Wrestling. Uh, but that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see them there. You know, there's a lot of shows happening in Massachusetts. I, I mean, you know, I just mentioned AEW. New Japan. New Japan is coming to Massachusetts uh, Friday, September 27th. So that's going to be fun. You know, so they're going to be at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium in Lowell, Massachusetts. But uh, boy, New Japan coming to, coming to Massachusetts. That's that's pretty awesome, man. So, and and not only that, we got the announcement that SummerSlam, SummerSlam, twenty twenty, is going to be in Boston at the Boston Garden. So that means that all of the festivities we're going to have NXT Takeover, SummerSlam, Monday Night Raw, 
and SmackDown. All of those events are going to be happening at the Boston Garden, all four. This is the place to be, Jack. So I don't care who you are, where you are in the world. Get to Boston next August. Come down for SummerSlam week and let's have a ball. Because I'm telling you right now, I got some things in the works. I'm talking to some folks at some venues, thinking about doing a couple of uh, live podcast events and other things. Maybe some giveaways, some special guests in the rest from the wrestling world. We're, we're going to have some fun, man. I'm going to I'm going to represent my city big time here for SummerSlam week in 2020. So get out here, come chill with your boy the Duke. Let's have a good time. That's right. That's right. Okay, so those were the top stories there. You know, there's there's always something going on in pro wrestling. There's always something. Like, I I just saw that uh, Solo Darling, you know, she's an indie wrestler. Solo Darling, her car just finally broke down on her, which is really terrible because, you know, she logs a lot of miles. She has Officer Magnum with her, you know, that, that canine who, who's really like a tag team partner and what have you. Uh, she logs a lot of miles, man. So her car just broke down. It's pretty terrible and... and Hopefully she can find something that that fits the bill sooner rather than later, so she can get get back on the road. Because we love Solo Darling, we love seeing her live and what she brings to the table there. Um, in fact, Roddy Piper's daughter, Teal Piper, get this, Teal Piper, just signed with Wow Superheroes. You know that's that all wrestling, all all women's um, wrestling promotion that we see on Access TV. Their season two is about to start back up, which is pretty awesome. And they're going to be on Saturdays, I believe uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. Teal Piper just signed with them. So that that's just huge news there, man. In fact, I'm going to reach out and, and we're going to get Teal to come on the show and talk about her foray and keeping up the family business, right? She's going to be like her dad and, and, and become a wrestling superstar. What's that all about? And, and and how long has this been a dream of hers and what have you? This this will be fun. Talk about her journey so far. So we'll get Teal on the show. Might even get that, that David McClain from Wild Superheroes. You know, he's the guy that started uh, Glow, by the way. David McClain. So we might get him on the show, too, and just talk about the history of women's wrestling especially on broadcast TV and, and how he's been at the forefront and two separate generations of pulling this off. So that'd be pretty cool. You know, there's always stuff going on, man. That's that's why it, it just, and when we hit the fall, it just, it feels like so much becomes clear. There's more focus on certain aspects of things. Um, some of the best wrestling that you're going to see, we're, we're really getting strapped in to the driver's seat in another couple of weeks it's going to be on baby it's going to be on and i'm telling you right now for all you folks out there who've been talking about tv ratings and things like that keep your eyes peeled we're about to see some stuff that we haven't seen in a long time with all these wrestling promotions you know all the nxt raw SmackDown Live, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV, WoW Superheroes on Access TV, and everything else that, that's out there. Ring of Honor is, is pretty much in every market in the, in the, in the country. I think there's maybe, maybe 10 markets they're not in yet, but they, they will be, I'm sure. It's just, you know, Impact Wrestling is still trying to find a home on TV, which I, I hope they, they do. NWA, Billy Corgan just announced that the NWA is going to have a weekly show 
I believe it's going to start online, but who knows? It might end up on TV as well. This is a, this is an amazing time for pro wrestling to be a fan and to have this much access to pro wrestling and, and, and so many different types of pro wrestling. It's just crazy, man. It's, it's awesome. It's good stuff. So, you know, shout out. Keep your eyes peeled. You know, we'll be covering it here on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And that takes care of that for the top stories. I don't want to take take up too much uh, more time here because the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, he is going to let us know about some special things he has going on, and he's going to do that right now. So we're talking about a WWE Intercontinental Champion. We're talking about the first NWA TNA World Heavyweight Champion. UFC Hall of Famer, a guy that legitimately has put the sport of mixed martial arts on his back, and he's carried it for the better part of the past three decades. We're talking about the world's most dangerous man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, Ken Shamrock. How are you, Ken? I'm doing well, and I thank you for that introduction. Well, it's it's really amazing when you think about all of the things that you've accomplished, especially in the world of mixed martial arts. I mean, even to this day, Ken Shamrock is still the most visible name in, in the sport of MMA. And it's largely because I don't think we've seen a fighter since who's been able to blend pro wrestling, uh, a strong ground game, and an amazing stand-up fight game, especially with your fists. I mean, you were really a complete fighter at a time where most guys were only stuck on one discipline. How did you do that? Yeah, I, I think it came from my when I was growing up as a kid in and out of group homes and on the street. The survival uh, on the street was like, you know, you had to if you got on the ground, you better learn how to fight and get back up. And then when you're on your feet, you better know how to throw. So it was really more of a survival instinct when I was younger. And then as I got older and I got to start competing, I also understood because where I came from on the street, in the ring it was kind of the same thing. I believed the same thing early on before anybody ever started thinking about it. I believed it was the same thing about being well-rounded, like not having a weakness. So early on I really recognized that. And so I started I started training with the uh, Muay Thai and then I really wrestling and then boxing and then of course the leg submissions, catch wrestling, jujitsu, sambo, you name it, man. I, I, I trained in everything because mentally I felt like I could not be weak at anything. I had to be strong at all aspects of that combat sport fight game. Do you do you feel when when you take a look at the landscape of combat sports and, and you know especially the mixed martial arts when you take a look at the sport today, if we were to take Ken Shamrock in his absolute prime and we dropped him into the sport today, how well do you think you'd fare? Well, I, I think I was ahead of my time. I mean, when I was over in Pancras, um, you know, I fought Don Naka Nielsen, who was a Muay Thai world champion. I fought um, uh, a Lober, uh, I think it was, it was Frank Lober, in, in a, literally a Muay Thai fight. Um, so I was always pushing the envelope, whereas I think most people were either good at submissions or they were good at striking. 
And I believe that me and Fanaki, Mascot Fanaki, were really the only two that were pushing both. Like, we, we realized that in order to be great at something, you had to be good at everything. Well said. Well said. And, you know, it's interesting because you're a guy that is, is very passionate about combat sports, and, and you have been since day one. Uh, you never shy away from talking about it. You love talking about the science, explaining things. I literally can go back to the early 90s and just recall all of the different interviews, whether it be print or whether it be you know, on TV, and just listening to Ken Shamrock break down MMA and the psychology and what have you. It's really interesting where you have a guy who can show you how it's done physically, but then he can intelligently speak about it and break it apart and, and make it make sense. So we transition to today. Let's talk about uh, Valor Bare Knuckle. This is the new Bare Knuckle MMA promotion that you're, you just launched with your business partner. And instead of being on the card, you're actually the guy behind the scenes making these things happen. So, so talk to us about this, especially... Bare knuckle. I mean, why bare knuckle fighting? Well, I, I think that was my passion early on. I felt like uh, bare knuckle was pure. It was real. There was no equipment that would make you good or better. It was just you, God-given talent. And I fell in love with that early on, and then it was taken away because some guy named Tank Abbott walked into the UFC, put on some four-ounce gloves, and started knocking fools out. So all of a sudden, the company embraced it because they realized that they can actually put a glove on somebody because we were doing tournaments during that time and they could put a glove on somebody and they could go in there and fight, knock people out and they could come back out and fight in the next fight as opposed to when they weren't wearing gloves. It was a little bit more difficult because you had to be very careful on where you were throwing your punches and if you weren't, you could bruise your hand up and they would come out and fight again. But here's the thing with that. The reason why I fell in love with it is because it was more strategic. So, therefore, you couldn't just be a person out there throwing bombs. You had to be a really accurate striker and for you to succeed in that tournament or in a bare-knuckle tournament. You have to be very accurate with your strikes. So I fell in love with that, man, and then it was gone because they adopted the gloves and then they sold it as a bill of uh, being more safe, which that's just not true. And so here we are today with the opportunity to be able to bring it back be able to educate the people on what it really is and be able to move forward from there and let people make their own decision on it, whether or not they want to watch it or not watch it. But I'll tell you this, bare-knuckle fighting is its own beast. It's its own individual sport. If you see a boxer come in and try to do bare-knuckle or a MMA, MMA guy come in or a wrestler or you name it, come in and try to do bare knuckle, they will not have the same success as they had in the other sport they were in unless they could transition into bare knuckle the way bare knuckle is supposed to be fought. Wow. That, that is just, I mean, you're giving me hype already just, just thinking about that. And again, we're talking about the psychology behind the decision to get rid of the gloves. Because like you said, it's a bale of goods to say that wearing the gloves is safer, especially in MMA. It's just not true, and the proof is in the pudding. So that's 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 well stated here. Now, we're talking September 21st, 2019, Four Bears Casino in Newtown, 
North Dakota. Jeez, VBK1. What can we expect overall at this show? I mean, tell the fans why they really, if, if they can't make it out to North Dakota, they, they can get it on, you know, the Fight TV app or they can get it on pay-per-view. Why should they invest in this amazing MMA card? Well, it, especially if you're a, a combat fan, if you like that combat sport, this is a much faster event. Uh, you watch uh, MMA and you watch boxing or kickboxing or even wrestling. Bare knuckle fighting is so much faster because the punches that you throw, it's not like when somebody throws a jab and they eat a jab and they can just keep going. You throw one in bare knuckle and you eat, he eats a jab, it hurts. So it's not the same thing in boxing where you can get hit, hit in the head a hundred times and you can keep going. Um, it's in bare knuckle, man, those strikes matter. So when you land a punch, you get credit for that punch. They're going to feel it, and you got to, and you know they feel it. So it's a much faster, much more exciting fight. Most of the fights will be finished. You won't have a lot of them going to a draw like you do now in uh, mixed martial arts or even in boxing. Most of these bare knuckle fights will somebody will finish. And, and I mean that's what we want. We want the finish. You know that's that's what the fans jump up for. You know to use a, a pro wrestling term, that's the high spot. <laughs> You know, you exactly, see. exactly. Absolutely. You want to make sure when you go to an event that you're watching guys go out and fight. And in bare knuckle, um, especially in some of the ways that we're going to be doing it, um, you're not going to be able to just lay on some on the ropes. You're not going to be able to lay over here or lay over there. You're going to have to fight because we want people to go in there and use their skill sets to be able to circle, move around, step back, circle, be able to fight, but we want to make sure that the fans get a very exciting, visual combat sport that they will enjoy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm pumped up. And I'll tell you, looking at this card, it looks impressive. I mean, first of all, on the, the, the undercard, you know, you got Chris Jensen and, and, and John Cremona. They're going to be going at it. Dane Sayers versus... Joshua Dyer, so that's going to get the crowd, you know, as they're ushering in and what have you, getting settled. Maybe they get that first uh, adult beverage in and what have you. They get to see some action. But then you come out of the gate with Jack May versus Sokaju, and and this is uh, the first heavyweight tournament uh, fight here. I mean, what a match to start the, the the main card off with. I mean, you know, this thing is going to be explosive. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, the fight, you know. Mark Godbeer against Jack May, Mighty Moe against Romero Sopaju. I mean, these are big hitters. These are heavyweight guys that are going to come out and throw some bombs, and they're going to be accurate. Most of these guys, uh, only one guy on this card, on the main card, has any bare-knuckle experience, and that's Mark Godbeer. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not that's an advantage because, like I said, bare knuckle is different. Most people don't realize it until they actually get in the ring and start doing it. But it is much different. you got Issue Smith, and that's fun paying in the co-main event. you got a ex-pro boxer who is a world champion. That's fun paying who is a, is a well-decorated uh, MMA fighter. So which one of these guys are going to be able to adopt that bare knuckle concept? Because it really is about controlled aggression. You just can't go in there and start throwing bombs, man. You've got to be picking your shots. You've got to be able to know when it's time to finish. And so it's a different beast. And so I'm looking at this card, and I know there's a lot of talent. But who will be able 
to transition what they've done in the past into bare knuckle. And once again, folks, that's September 21st, you know, literally uh, less than a month away. And if you if you want to catch it live, that's Four Beers Casino in Newtown, North Dakota. If you want to check it out at home, like the local bar would have you, hopefully they can get it together here. It's all on pay-per-view. The price is right as well. The suggested price is under $40, which is amazing, especially in this day and age, for such an explosive pay-per-view card. We're talking to the world's most dangerous man, Mr. Ken Shamrock. I, I, I got to ask you, Ken, because it's funny. Um, you know, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. You know, grew up in pro wrestling, Ric Flair, Hogan, the whole nine yards there. You're a guy that was such a, a major part of one of the greatest periods in pro wrestling, the Attitude Era. And when you talk to fans today, when they talk about having reunions or people that they really want to see more than anybody else, the name Ken Shamrock comes up more often than I would say anybody. And mainly because, you know, when you stepped away, you really stepped away, Ken. I mean, you, you, you know, MMA is your passion. We know that you've done it on every level. You're the godfather of modern MMA, no two ways about it. Do you ever still get the pro wrestling itch? Do you ever still get the itch to go back and, and, and do it again on, on, on a large scale? I do. And, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm really looking to see um, what the opportunities are out there. I know I have a, uh, some interest. Um, you know, there's a little bit of <laughs> smack talking going on right now through the social media sites with uh, Moose and, uh, and the machine. And I'm doing stuff over in BCW and Impact Wrestling. I'm looking over in that direction. I'm looking at AEW. So there's a lot of things right now that I'm looking at. Um, so we'll just see what we'll just see what happens, and uh, we'll see what the, where the flow takes me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. We we miss you in the square circle, man. We really do. Uh, you're a guy that there's no doubt about it. You should be in every pro wrestling Hall of Fame. Because you've done so much at such an important period in pro wrestling history. You did so much to bring mainstream credibility to the sport of pro wrestling. And I have to say it, uh, I, I think you get the credit from the fans, but I think the, the gatekeepers don't give Ken Shamrock enough credit for what he did for the sport at such an important period. So, I, everybody... Anybody and everybody, book Ken Shamrock. Make it work, please. Moose, you're a big mouth. You want to talk about Ken Shamrock until he's standing in front of you. Watch yourself there, Moose. I'm just going to put that out there as well. You know. Yeah, better tell, better tell him, too, that he better wear pants because those chicken legs are embarrassing. <laughs> he was skipping leg day, no doubt about it. <laughs> you know, and I, hey, those, I sal I'm salivating over those legs. Oh boy, I, you would you would snap them easily because that's the thing. I mean, your leg lock is one of the, the best leg locks around, and in America, you're really one of the first that we saw on a, on a large scale do that. Uh, you you would have to look at an all Japan or or you know what have you back in the day to see legitimate leg locks in a pro wrestling match. But you know that was a thing that Ken Shamrock would do all the time, which is just beautiful, man. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it it was too, and you got to think about it too before before. Before I was there, they didn't have tap-outs. They had I quit. You had to verbally give up. 
But when I got there, um, there was really no tap outs. And, and now you see them all the time. It's part of wrestling. And it's also submissions that are just coming left and right. So before I was there and, a, and after I got there, the, I, you know, the impact that they felt with Ken Shamrock was, is definitely undeniable. Well, they've rebuilt the entire sport to go closer toward the real fighter, the, the, the real person who can kick your butt and is not just some character, which is exactly what you were. They, they built that off of your back, which is, which is interesting there. And it's funny, you know, I, I, was, um, I was talking to your publicist, which she's fantastic, by the way. I want to definitely give her a shout out. I was talking to your publicist and I brought up the fact that Ken Shamrock is really the Bay Ruth of mixed martial arts. You did it on so many different levels. Combat sports, and I'll, say, I'll even say the Bay Ruth of combat sports just in general, because of all the different levels that you've done it on. Does it ever? Do you ever have moments where you stop and think about it and you realize what you've done and, and what your con- contribution has been? I mean, I, I guess I have in moments, but not for very long. Just because I feel like if I do that, then I'm gonna I'm missing out on the on the journey that I'm trying to to improve more, be better. So each and every day, I mean, I'm trying to always be better, always to do more. I don't want to ever be satisfied or comfortable. I want to always try to strive to be more. And uh, and and at the same time that I'm striving to be more and do more. I also, because I want to do that, it's not just for me or for my family. It's because it gives me the opportunity to be able to help other people achieve their own goals. The more successful I am, the more opportunity that I have to help other people be able to reach their goals too because then I have the ability to be able to do things like Fowler BK1, be able to give people opportunities to follow their dreams in fighting, being in pro wrestling where I get the opportunity to bring my name back out there, be able to go to some of these kids' shelters and at-risk kids, being able to talk to them, help motivate them, give them some direction so that they can be successful. So in order for me to be able to do that, I have to keep striving to keep my name out there and be relevant so I'm able to use that to help other people. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, a couple years ago I was in Las Vegas on vacation, and all these folks were in town for some big convention, what have you, and, and you know, I managed to pick up a pamphlet, and who was one of the main guest speakers, one of the main motivational speakers? Ken Shamrock. So it's it's just interesting when you when you talk about the fact that you're doing something to help others and you're utilizing the the name recognition and the credibility that you've built your entire life, instead of just keeping that all to yourself, you're literally out here spreading it to the world and helping as many people as possible. And it's legit. Like, you know, if you were full of crap, I'd tell you, Ken, because that's not what we're about here. But I've literally seen it. And it's it's really an impressive thing to see. And, and you know, just on behalf of everybody, I just want to thank you for that. Because so many people don't put themselves out there like that and, and, and aren't necessarily here to help others, but you certainly are. And that's, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, I'm, again, like I said, I'm, I'm uh, very fortunate to be able to have uh, a strong team behind me too, you know, because with the Valor BK, we, we had really wanted to make sure that if we were going to do this, that we were going to not just do a fly-by-night thing and, and just go out and put shows on, but we want to make sure that we did it at a high level. We want to be something that, uh, this bare knuckle 
rise above the spectacle and be put where it belongs, and that's up with the combat sports and the, and the credibility that it should get. Um, but our team has done a fantastic job at being able to help me do that. Des Woodruff, who's my business partner, uh, has done a great job at being able to get uh, uh, the right people in place and being able to help me be able to understand what it is we're getting into. And then Jen Wink, who was a PR that she used to be uh, with UFC in its prime, where she helped them, and now she's with us. You got Richard Goodman, who is our matchmaker. He's uh, he's responsible for the card that he put together, which was tremendous. And then, of course, you know, we got Todd Middendorf, who is really our VP of operations, who oversees everything and makes sure every all the pieces are are being put together properly. And and I and within the crazy thing is this: we have oh, you know, we have about eighty years of experience when you look at our team as a whole. 80 years of experience. And so we didn't put together some fly-by-night team and some fly-by-night organization because we want to run out and make money and be able to, to get in the combat thing for our own good. We did it because we want to build something special. We want to be able to help fighters reach their dreams and follow their goals. And so we're really proud of this. We have a real strong um, um, DirecTV, Dish Network, all the major cable companies, Fight TV, which is your streaming digital so we're, like I said, man, we have done a really, really good job with our team and getting this where it needs to be. And I've always said this, and I've always wanted to make sure that uh, we keep doing this. I know that our team um, uh, had had talked and worked on this, and it was about getting the fans involved uh, more with our organization and and being able to have them feel like it's theirs, that X, that that that. that uh, y and Z generation going, hey, did, we can adopt this 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 sport. And what we did was, uh, we did an interview the other day on Forbes, and we basically told the fans that we want you, the fans, to be able to vote for the the matchups in the first round of the tournament. Which means the fans were going to be able to pick the guys that were going to fight first in the tournament. And uh, man, we had a great turnout, and uh, and they did a great job because they picked the ones that I thought should have been matched up. So, um, man, it was a really a great time, really see the fans to get involved with that, and being able to see the look on a lot of their faces, and and knowing that they were going to be responsible for being able to put that first one together. So it's been a real joy up to this point. And I got to give a shout out to our team; they, they they've done a great job. They certainly have, and, and, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, constant uh, updates on what's going on. The information is getting out there. Strong media blitz. Uh, you've been covered by everybody from Fox to Forbes, MMA Weekly, you name it. Now you're here on the Duclos Wrestling Podcast. Just a really, like I said, top to bottom, you, you've thought about this completely. I mean, I, I know the first time I really heard you speak passionately about bare knuckle fighting was probably about five or six years ago and it's interesting to to hear you go from talking about why you're passionate about it why it matters just like you're doing right now and then to turn around and, and you literally are making it work you're making it happen so so here's my challenge to ken shamrock and the entire uh, valor bk team at some point and it doesn't have to be right now but at some point I, I ask that you guys activate your fan base. And what I mean by that is you got a lot of fans who are very savvy when it comes to um, state and municipal government, myself included. Uh, if you need advocacy to help make it possible for Valor BK to be available in more areas where you can actually go to, to 
other cities and states and what have you and, and entertain even more fans or what have you, just let us know where to go, man. You know what I mean? If we got to contact our local senators and, 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 and what have you, then let's do that. Let's make sure that this thing can, can be seen everywhere because it really is pretty cool and, and you're a credible person. So, you know, activate your fan base, Ken, and, and team. That's, that's my challenge to you guys. Well, hey, we appreciate that. We definitely got that in the back of our mind because we really believe that the fans are what's going to make this thing go, and we want to make sure they're proud of what we're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Once again, folks, I mean, you do not want to miss this, okay? We're talking about a, a, a brand-new mixed martial arts company specifically focused on bare-knuckle fighting. This is Valor Bare Knuckle, and their first pay-per-view event is going to be live September 21st, 2019, this is at Four Bears Casino in Newtown, North Dakota. They got a great heavyweight tournament. They have some other matches on there that are just as great as well with the welterweights. This is going to be awesome and, and, and just as awesome. They got Ken Shamrock as the guy that he and his team are driving forces behind this. So you can't lose. Ken, is there, is there any information you want to leave beyond that? Or, or you know, fans want to reach out and what have you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, what I want to do is make sure that... Uh uh, they, they can either go to my website at kenshamrock.com uh, if you want to find out what we're doing, um, especially in the pro wrestling deal. Um, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on there. You've got all my social media sites there. But if you're if you're uh, more into the the, the bare knuckle or, or uh, you want to be a fighter or you want to be an announcer or if you want to be a part of it or you just want to know what's going on, go to valorbk.com and uh, there's a form on there you can fill out. Or if you just want to kind of go and find the news, uh, just go to valorbk.com. He is the world's most dangerous man, but he's also a great guy. Ken Shamrock, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate you. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully's Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Wow. How about that? Huh? Ken Shamrock, baby. Ken Shamrock. And, and, and that's pretty cool. You know, this is, I mean, we're talking bare knuckle fighting here. No gloves. We're talking some real deal stuff here, man, the way that it used to be. So we'll be keeping an eye on, on this new promotion that he has here. And, and, and boy, I'll tell you, you heard it from the legend himself. You know, you heard it from the MMA is not going anywhere. It's it's really barely scratched the surface on how far it can go. And again, we have different styles, right? Everything doesn't have to just be the octagon and what you're used to. You know, you, you got the bare knuckle stuff going on now. This is this is this is good stuff, man. And I hope it spreads throughout the country. I want to see more venues carry this. I know I'm going to be working hard here in Massachusetts to make it possible to bring bare knuckle fighting here. You know, why not? It's entertainment, baby. It's good stuff. So again, thank you to Ken Shamrock for joining us this week. That was a major interview that I've, you know, I, I wanted that interview for, for a few years. And, and I'll tell you, a couple of years back, uh, we were scheduled to do something with Ken and you know, schedules just didn't work out. So unfortunately it didn't happen, but I never gave up on it. 
I never gave up. And to his credit, Ken remained in touch. He would send me emails every couple months, let me know what he has going on and what have you. And finally, you know, he and his team sent a couple of press releases and, and let me know, hey, man, we're, we're ready to come on the show and talk about this new promotion that Ken is going to be running. So it's just a reminder, folks, that just because what you want doesn't happen right now, that doesn't mean that it won't happen. Don't get discouraged. Continue to push forward. And when it's time, the opportunity will arise. Okay? I'm a firm believer in that. That's why we we, we don't go out of our way to burn bridges or you can get frustrated, but you don't need to act on that frustration when things don't go your way today. That's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's an opportunity to 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 go back to the drawing board and figure out another way to get it done. That Ken Shamrock interview was two years in the making, and we finally made it happen. So that's beautiful. Good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Listen, I, I um before we go here, I just want to remind everybody that again we're we're in really some of the best years when it comes to sports and sports entertainment um even in the MMA game and and you know boxing has a resurgence and and MMA is doing pretty well and now you get the the bare knuckle fighting happening and it just pro wrestling i mean combat sports is really where it's at football season is is has already begun you know we got the preseason games happening basketball is about to start back up it just jeez I'll tell you, man, what a time to be alive. The baseball, the baseball playoffs. We're about to hit the baseball playoffs. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. But I, I, I do want to just say, and I'm guilty of this myself. I'll admit this. A lot of times we spend so much time talking about the things we don't like. We may be taking away attention from the things that we do like. So I'm really going to be conscious of this. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I focus more on the things that I like the most. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to provide analysis of things that I see that don't make sense, right? If it doesn't make sense, I'm I'm going to provide some analysis on it, of course. But it's okay to to shine a light on the things that you enjoy. Like something that I enjoyed recently. It's kind of fun. Uh I enjoy seeing this whole who hurt Roman Reigns thing that they have going on on SmackDown Live. You know, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, they're in the middle of this thing about who hurt Roman Reigns, who who tried to run him over with a car, who used a, a, a forklift to drop stuff on top of him. This week, they had a guy that looks like Rowan, and they're trying to say that he's the one who did it. Yeah, right. But it's fun cliffhangers and, and, and who done it and you know you can get other people involved and, and it's leading to something hopefully at least it's fun and it's interesting because the ratings you know the stuff that people like to hang their hat on and all the ratings are down so you know, WWE's in trouble well the ratings have been very good the ratings have been very good for Raw and Smackdown Raw keeps leading you know all cable shows on for the week and, and that's pretty impressive 
SmackDown's coming in in the top 10 consistently. That's very impressive. So it's just, it's it's interesting, you know, these cliffhangers, these things that happen that make you have to tune in to see what happens next week. That's That's just good stuff, man. That's just great TV. That's the stuff that we grew up on. That's the stuff that needs to continue to happen, and it's working. So I applaud whomever is responsible for the cliffhangers in WWE. And, and I challenge New Japan and Wild Superheroes and, and, and AEW and Ring of Honor. Stick to those cliffhangers. And, and I'll tell you, I, I give Wild Superheroes a lot of credit. They've always been very good at cliffhangers. You know, that season one, there was always cliffhangers going on. Something that happens... But it's unresolved, so you got to tune in next week to see what happens next. It's just good stuff. But I hope AEW does the same thing. We, we need episodic TV that keeps you coming back for more. Right? That's right. Okay, folks, I got to get out of here. Uh, like I said, join us next week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get our... Uh, the daughter of Roddy Piper, the new uh, wrestling superstar, just signed with Wild Superheroes, Teal Piper. Let's try to get her on for next week. That'll be a fun interview there. So join us next week. We'll try to get Teal Piper on. Until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is Duke signing off. I need to go get some barbecue, by the way. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Sweet Cheeks Barbecue. Sweet Cheeks Q. You know, Tiffany Faison, Top Chef. She, um, boy... She has an amazing barbecue restaurant here in Boston, in the Fenway area. It's unbelievable. I'm trying to get out of here, but I got to, you know, I love to talk about food. If you're ever in the Boston area, folks, if you're ever in the Boston area, I'm telling you right now, take yourself to Sweet Cheeks. You can thank me later, okay? You can thank me later. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Just excellent, excellent food down there. And, uh... In fact, I'm going to go there right now. 1381 Boylston Street, Boston, Massachusetts, and Fenway there. Maybe I'll see you there. Who knows? Until then, take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.